What is up? Back at it again. Episode 19. So we are one away from the big 20. And those 17 of you that listened to 18, thank you. And keep listening. Uh, Those of you that aren't listening, you're doing yourself a big disservice. You need to listen to the damn podcast. So let's just say this. It is brutally cold here. It's Monday. And it's like, I'm pretty sure it's zero. And with the wind chill, it's like negative degrees. And I was an idiot. Uh, hand up. So I didn't So I didn't think that the storm was going to be that bad. And basically what happened is I decided that I, was only, I wasn't going to scrape the snow off my car when it was snowing. So I went to bed, woke up the next day, and it's raining. So... The snow is kind of melting. It's it, now it, it freeze. It was freezing rain the night before, so th- there was ice on the car. But I was like, all right, this isn't that bad. Like it's raining, the rain is going to, like basically take away most of the snow and ice. Yet I didn't really think about the fact that today, and yesterday, like last night into today, into today, it was supposed to be like ten degrees, and my car has about three inches of snow just absolutely covered in ice so yes i am the asshole on the highway right now driving with just massive amounts of snow and ice and just huge chunks flying off my car as i'm driving on the highway and i totally feel like a douchebag um but at this point it's like what the hell was i supposed to do so like i'm gonna be that guy tomorrow that goes to work and they're gonna be like oh Zach, look at him. What an idiot. Didn't He didn't think this storm was going to be serious, and why would you not clean your car off? So, yeah, that's what I've had to do, or that's, that's what I didn't do, and now I'm kind of paying the price for it. And on top of the fact, I also didn't think that the storm was going to be that bad, or the wind, and I just got, now mind you, I've driven like the shittiest cars my entire life, and I finally got like myself a nice vehicle. And I get, I wake up yesterday and I come outside and there is a huge ass tree branch on my car, on the hood, like, like it covers the the hood and the windshield. And I'm just like, oh my God. So I took it off and I look and I don't think there's been any damage, but because I can't actually see the paint of my car or the hood of my car because of all the snow and ice, um, I'm not really going to know until all that melts. So I got the car right now parked in the sun. I don't know how much that's going to help because it is so damn cold, but we'll see what happens. I'll uh, have to keep you up to date on that. So and that's not the only thing. Today, I'm going to the dentist. Now, mind you, I love the, the dentist. I don't mind going. I don't mind the lady who cleans my teeth. She's extremely nice. But what is up with people like the people that clean your teeth like trying to have a full-blown conversation with you and like asking you questions as you're getting your teeth done it's like i i'm sorry lady but look i like you you're nice i get it like we're cool but you're trying to talk to me and have a full-blown conversation with me and we're not getting anywhere you're doing all the talking and let's just face it if you're not a good listener the dentist is not a place for you because there ain't no talking. There's no opinions. You're not answering any questions. They might ask you questions, but they're just going to assume the answer because you can't. You might be able to hit them with a little bit of a head nod, 
but you can't actually give them an answer. So I'm just sitting there and she's asking me questions, having a conversation with me. And I'm like, look, I can't answer and I hate to listen. I'm not a good listener. Like, I'm sorry, but I don't want to listen about anything. I don't want to hear about life stories. Just clean my teeth so I can get out of here because I'm sorry, but I can't have a conversation with you because you literally have instruments in my mouth, like cleaning my teeth. And I'm pretty sure that she forgot, like she redid the same thing over and over again. And it's not because my cle- my teeth are dirty because I'm like a clean freak with my teeth. Um, and they always say you have beautiful teeth, but she must have like flossed and went over my teeth in the same spot doing the same thing like three times. And so my gums right now are absolutely killing me. And so that was my morning. Pretty miserable. I had to go to the store because I'm cooking dinner. Uh, Just absolutely miserable outside. I have like three pairs of socks on. I'm wearing a hoodie. Times are tough out here, man. I ain't going to go throw my heat on 75 degrees. It's just not going to happen. So, but a couple things from the weekend though. Getting into sports now, now that my rant is over. Oh, this is another thing. The freaking so we'll just start with the NFL. So I read a report today that the there was some reporter had sources stating that uh, the Eagles or that Carson Wentz is a selfish quarterback and all this stuff and he's egotistical and all this stuff. First off, I love that this drama is already hitting Philly. I'm I'm digging it. I. Hope that it happens all season long, all off season. I hope that there's question marks and they do something completely stupid. Like if they trade Carson Wentz, I'm sorry, they're dumb. Nick Foles, I think he fits well in that offense, but I mean he threw four picks in those two games. Like I'm sorry, Nick Foles is not a great quarterback. Do I? Is he good? He's good in that system. He hasn't been good anywhere else. So I'm not going to come out here and tell you that he's he's very good. He's, he's an okay quarterback. For the NFL standards, he's good, okay, because there aren't many very, very good quarterbacks out there. But you can tell by look just looking at Carson Wentz that he is not an egotistical person. You can honestly tell just by looking at him that he is not selfish, okay, that he wasn't rooting for Nick Foles. I'm sorry, but listen – at the end of the day, it's a business, okay? And yeah, you can sit here and tell me that they get paid and the backups have the best job and blah, blah, blah. But any person that is playing a professional sport is an athlete. And they will always have that athlete mentality. And if you were ever good at a sport or you ever you know, truly loved the sport, you always wanted to be the best and you always wanted to play. And that mindset when you're an athlete never changes, whether you're getting paid millions of dollars or not, you always want to succeed and you always you always want to be the best, okay? So that's like me going into a job interview and it's me against another candidate and I'm like hyping up that other candidate. Like that would never happen because in the real world because I want that job, okay? It's a selfish world. You want the job and even though Carson Wentz is making millions of dollars, he wants to be the guy. So at times, is he going to say that I want to be the quarterback and this is my team? Yeah. Who wouldn't say that? That's what, you know, that's what athletes do. That's what competitors do. 
That's what sports are. And, and Nick Foles is the same way. Nick Foles wants to lead his own team. So if that's not going to be Philly, he wants to lead his own team. It's because he's a competitor. Okay, that's what sports are. And so for a reporter, this reporter is probably a Foles fan, probably loves Foles, so he wants Wentz out. That's making up some shit. But you can just tell by looking at Wentz that's not the guy that he is. And, you know, Philly does have a tough decision, but it's not as tough as if Foles would have brought them to the Super Bowl again. If Foles Foles brought them to the Super Bowl again, without a doubt, they are – Going, they have to go with Foles at that point, but he didn't. I honestly don't think did he shine in the brightest moments. Yes, like that last drive against the Bears on fourth down. Yes, he shined and and he led him right down the field. And kudos to him. I mean, he came in and he played balls out without a doubt. But he, in the end of the day, he did not get them back to the Super Bowl, and he threw four picks in those two games. I mean, people forget that and. Truthfully, Cody Parkey lost that game for the Bears. So, I mean, to me, the the Eagles don't have any. I I, I think that this is just some some made up stupid stuff, and and that reporter's an idiot. Um, and then going on to the games yesterday. So, and after the results of these games, in my heart, I truth truthfully believe the Chicago Bears would have beaten the Saints, or the Rams to get to the Super Bowl. In my heart, I think that the Eagles were the Bears' toughest test because the Eagles had nothing to lose. And I think beating them, I think the Bears would have went and they would have beaten New Orleans. And I think, because the New Orleans Saints did not, I mean, Brees played well, but they didn't play great. The, The offense for the Saints towards the end of the season stumbled a lot. And they didn't play extraordinary against the the Eagles. They played well. Michael Thomas had a crazy day. But to me, I think the Bears' defense had played better than any defense that was in the postseason. And they already solved Goff when they played him. Any pressure, Goff isn't doing well. As you saw in the first half of that game, he didn't play well. And then to me, I think the Bears beat the Saints. I think that the Eagles were the Bears' toughest task in that postseason. They just so happened not to get through them. Because, again, when you have nothing, to, really nothing to lose as far as the Eagles are concerned because they were so beat up, I think that for the most part that they were kind of the, the team to look out for because they were playing with that mentality like we lose, okay. There's reasons why we lost where you have literally like third-string secondary players playing. They lost some offensive linemen. Uh, I mean, Peters had a pretty rough year. Their defense was just battered. So to me, they had nothing to lose and top on top of losing their quarterback. So that's, to me, after seeing that, I think the Bears would definitely be, be in the Super Bowl right now had to beat the Eagles. And that's honestly, I mean, unless it came down to another Cody Parkey kick, which could have easily happened. Um, but then on the AFC side of things, oh, and I, I picked the Rams to win. They did. I picked Rams-Chiefs to win both those games. Um, I just feel the Rams were just a better all-around team. Uh, they Their defense is starting to play pretty well now when it matters most. And, you know, Breeze looked pretty good in that first half, and they kind of tightened up. It was a great game. It was a very good game. And, you know, golf doesn't have to play his best because they, they have so many weapons. You know, they got weapons at receiver. 
Their defense is good. They have one of the, if not the best kicker in football, Greg DeLeg. I mean, come on. So really, to me, the Rams were just the better all-around team. I mean, they spent all that money in the offseason on their defense that there's no reason why they shouldn't be in the Super Bowl. There's no reason why the, the Rams shouldn't be where they are right now. I mean, they, they spent all that money that a lot of guys on a one-year deal or whatever to, to get to where they are now. So it's no surprise to me that they won that game. That's why they were my choice. But going on to the AFC game, shame on me. You know, I went against Tom Brady. Not only did I go against Tom Brady, I went with Andy Reid, which is pretty bad because Andy Reid's track record in the playoffs, I mean, holy shit. So shame on me for doing both of those things. You never go against the GOAT, and that's what Tom Brady is. He is the GOAT. And I'm at the point now with the Patriots, and I've said it in the last podcast, like, why not just let's see how long they can do this because it's it's absolutely amazing what they have done. Um, I can't even hate on them. I don't even hate the Patriots. I don't even hate Tom Brady. Like, it is what it is. I mean, they've it's just incredible. So not even going to hate on them for that. Um, but that was another great game. Mahomes looked great. He played extremely well. At the end of the day, they gave Tom Brady too much time. You give two minutes to Tom Brady is an eternity. All right? He makes the guys around him better, you know, they don't have any – yeah, they have Gronk. Sonny Michelle, I think, will be a star. But they don't have like what the Rams have in Gurley, Cooks. I mean they don't have those huge playmakers. They got reliability though that you know Julian Edelman's going to hold on to the ball. You know Gronk's going to go up. They will sacrifice anything. I mean Edelman took some shots that game. Gronk is always getting destroyed. So the Patriots are just a hard-nosed team. And I think that they're going to win again. I think the Patriots, and I'll talk. I'll get. We'll get more into it at the end of the week. But you know, they're kind of another team that has nothing to really lose because they got an old quarterback. You know, even though he's the goat, he's old. You know, everyone's writing him off, including myself. I did the same thing. Um, you know, the Rams on paper are the better team, but with history. Tom Brady is the greatest player to ever play the game of football. He is the greatest player. Coach or Belichick is the best coach to ever coach the game of football. They are legends. They are, this is something that we will ne- – I'm not going to say we will never see again, but it will be a long time. It might not even happen in my lifetime that you see a team be this dominant. I mean eight straight, I think, AFC championship games – this is their third straight Super Bowl. Like, come on. That's just – it's ridiculous. It's People hate Tom Brady because of his accomplishments, which is crazy because in basketball, people love LeBron. People love Curry. All right? Those guys go to the, champ, the championship game or the finals every single year. So it's like how can you hate on these guys? Like how can you hate – Tom Brady and what he has done. It's insane. I hope he does play to 50. I really do. I hope that he plays to 50 because right now he looks no different. At times he may be a little bit more inaccurate in the past, but it's been absolutely incredible what they have done. So I'll get more into the the Super Bowl stuff as we get closer, but I just, you know, I'm I'm baffled by it. So uh, I think it'll be a good Super Bowl though. I think it'll be exciting. Uh, because 
You got new school versus old school. You got new school coach in McVay, old school Belichick, new school in golf, old school in Brady. So it'll be kind of cool. I think that the the, the Rams Chiefs would have been pretty cool because it would have just been a freaking scoring fest in my eyes. But I think that this one's going to be a little bit more technical. Uh, the Rams definitely got to run the ball, which they have, and they didn't run the ball well yesterday at all. I mean, Anderson was the had way more carries than Gurley too. So, and then you know, also going back to the Rams game, people are really really upset by that call by um, uh, the the non call on the pass interference, which definitely one hundred percent should have been called pass interference there was head-to-head contact i mean it was a bad play bad miss by the refs but and yes it pro it could have easily changed the outcome of that game without a doubt but at the end of the day there are calls within every single game that can change the momentum of the game all right so i mean yes it's a bad miss but and yes, I mean, in the Patriots game, you had the roughing the passer, which should have never been. But that's just the sport. I mean, are the refs good? No, they're horrible. It seems like almost all the good refs that were good at what they did left. They got out. They're on Fox or CBS or NBC, the rules experts, and they just give their opinion. It seems like there was something going on with the refs where they're just like all these good refs were just like, you know, we're out of here. And they got a gig now. And it's funny because – they almost seem like to bash the other refs at times. So it was bad, without a doubt, should have been called. But there are probably penalties that the Rams didn't get that they should have gotten in that game. And there's probably other penalties that could have happened in that game that could have been called that weren't. That's just the game. I mean, at times we all complain about how soft the game has gotten, but then fans will quickly complain when there wasn't a flag thrown. So it's like, choose what you want. Do you want hard again? And that should have been called. I think even with the old rules, that's called because, I mean, it, he had no chance to even try to catch the ball because he was already on his back the time the ball got there. But I don't know. It At the end of the day, there were good games. Two overtime games. How can you ask for anything more? We'll have another good Super Bowl. Even though people complain it's Tom Brady, you know, it's still impressive to watch them do what they do. So people are complaining, so they don't want to watch it. Oh, Tom Brady again. But you know what? Listen, watch. And and we're, we are seeing something that is so rare. So just enjoy it. It's so rare. Enjoy what this team is bringing to you. And this is coming from a Bears fan, but I'm also a huge sports and huge football fan. And we have not seen something like this in sports probably since the Yankees were, were so dominant. Okay, I mean, that's how dominant this Patriots team is. So I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying the playoffs. It sucks that we only got one more game of football left because I love football. But, you know, next year, hopefully next year is a a better year for the Bears. Bears open up as the third favorite to go to the Super Bowl. So they're tied with, I think, two other teams, though. So really, there's six people in the top five because there's three teams that are tied um so i'm hoping i'm hoping for i don't know if they can really get they can get better Uh, the kicking game is what needs to get better 
And I, I wouldn't mind one more playmaker on offense. They're talking about Kareem Hunt possibly going to uh, a team here soon, sooner than what they thought. So that'll be interesting. I don't know if the Bears will get him. They're talking about the Bears possibly getting rid of Jordan Howard. Love Jordan Howard. And I think towards the end of the year, they utilize him really well. So I, I think that he gets another year in Chicago because in the playoffs and at the end of the season, he was their work workhorse. And I think Nagy finally was able to find a way to implement him into his offense, which I think it took some time because Cohen is so dynamic. So being able to throw the ball to him and run with him, I mean, you kind of fall in love with it. But Jordan Howard is that between-the-tackles guy going to run north to north and south and just try to run over people. And I think that that's a benefit to have two backs, you know, kind of a scat back and then a power back. A guy that and, and he even got better with his pass catching. So I think that he is some someone I don't really want to get rid of. Maybe at the end of the year, if his contract's up, which I think it is, then you know, maybe move on from him. Don't extend him. But I kind of like having the change of pace, two different types of backs on that team. And and to me, Kareem Hunt is more of an elusive guy, kind of I'm not gonna say as dynamic as Cohen as far as the playmaking ability. He's obviously a better rusher between the tackles, but I don't know. They're they're too similar. I think Jordan Howard and Cohen kind of bring that difference between the two. Um, so moving on to baseball, quick. There isn't too much to talk about. Yankees, their trade with the Reds right now is kind of in limbo because um, Sonny Gray does not want to agree to a long term contract with the Reds, or they can't. So basically, the Reds want Sonny Gray, but they only want Sonny Gray if they know that um, basically he is going to sign an extension with them. He has not agreed to that yet. So right now, it's kind of in limbo. So the the Yankees are slated to get a draft pick, Shed Long, which I really like because he's a versatile player. And then um, I think another player or something in that for Sonny Gray Hasn't um, happened yet. The Reds want it, but it's like at the same time they're kind of waiting because they want to make sure that they're going to be able to sign this man to a longer contract. So who knows? Those things could fall apart fairly easy. Um, As far as other baseball stuff, there isn't really much. I mean there was news saying that um, Yanks have kind of inquired about Arenado. I don't think that will happen this year. If Arenado is going to get traded, I think it will be at the deadline. So I think – the Rockies will kind of see how they are doing at the deadline, see if they're competing, doing well, which I expect that they should. I think they've only gotten better, and then see what happens. But I don't think they're going to be able to re-sign him. So I think maybe at the same time they try to get rid of him now so they're not going into the season expecting to have him, expect his production, and then all of a sudden he's gone. And now that you have to fill that void in the middle of the season when you could possibly be chasing the postseason. So I don't know. I don't think the Yankees will get him. I think that they could get him in the offseason or maybe at the deadline. But I would have no problems packaging um, Andujar, uh, maybe Greg Bird if the Whites or if the Rockies want that. I don't think I don't know if they would want to do that to themselves. Um, but something of that nature, and then a, a pitching pro or a prospect or whatever whatever prospect they want. I mean, Arenado. As long as you know that you're going to be able to sign him long term, I would take him over Machado. He's been more consistent with the bat. He's a better fielder because Machado plays short now. 
So to me, Arenado is a better fielder. He's the best fielding third baseman in the league, in my opinion. So I would be more than happy with that. Um, we've talked about Ottavino. Sharanka wants me to talk about the Pirates. Um, so the Pirates. First off, the Pirates are probably one of the most consistent teams that either don't make the playoffs or get bounced in the first round. So the Pirates are always a team competing. They're always in the top of the division in the wild card race or division title race. But it seems they either lose in the last week of the season or they get bounced in the wild card round. And, you know, I kind of see the same thing for them this year. They're just, they're a team that doesn't make any big moves. Like they made that big move for Chris Archer. But I don't think Chris Archer is that good. I think he's okay. I don't think, you know, he's great. I don't think he's a number one arm. And to me, I think the Pirates lack pitching. They are losing Harrison, who's one of their more consistent fielders. Um, And they just, like, Polanco and Marte have a hard time staying healthy, and then I feel like they underperform a lot. So I don't know. I'm not – Sharanko, I'm sorry, but I kind of see the same thing as every other year, just breaking your heart. I really do. I don't see them – I love the Pirates. I love Clint Hurdle. I, I just and, – and it seems like they get guys that struggle elsewhere. And then like I could see Sonny Gray like going to the Pirates and being a Cy Young candidate. I mean that's just what happens in Pittsburgh. They have a good thing going there. It's just they don't ever make these big moves and – they just it doesn't ever put them over that hump. They compete. They're a team that that will compete and in a three game series can easily sweep a team, can easily come out and win a series against a top flight team. Like if the Yankees, if it comes down to the last week of the season and the Yankees need a, a sweep of or need to win two out of three against the Pirates, I'm gonna be a little nervous because the Pirates are a scrappy, good team every year. But it's just kind of like they kind of fizzle out at the end all the time and I don't see there being a difference because they are so similar every year. They don't do anything else big. I don't know what their prospect list is looking like. I know they traded Meadows, I believe, when they traded for Archer. Archer brings some pitching depth, you know, I think they still have Nova, but they don't have enough in my opinion. They're to me, they're just a team that stands pat too often. They don't try to spend money and push themselves over that hump. So I think it's going to be another rough year. They'll probably be a team that is very good, makes playoffs, and loses because they just they can't compete with those other teams. I mean, you got the Dodgers who are just a way better team. You got the Brewers who are now a young and just better team. So they're just better players on on other teams, and it's just the Pirates just don't they don't make any moves to make themselves that much better. They're just kind of the same team every single year. Um, last things, UFC. So this UFC card, it was entertaining as hell. The first card on ESPN, ESPN plus, and I was, I loved it. Everything that could have happened, good happened. Um, there were a ton of very good fights. I mean, those of you that truly like MMA, there was everything. There was knockouts. There was world-class wrestling, um, with uh, Benavidez and Ortiz. I mean, that fight was awesome. Uh, the, the wrestling was insane. Um, the 
what else? The Cerrone fight was great. Cerrone was the underdog, and he absolutely took Hernandez to school um, with another head kick knockout. I mean, Cerrone is the freaking GOAT. He's not the GOAT, but he's a legend. I love him. He's my. He's always been my favorite UFC fighter. He's awesome to watch. Uh, and he's like fine wine. It's like he gets better with age. I mean, he was so precise in his strikes in that fight. It was insane. Um, Paige Van Zandt came out, and she won, which was another pretty good wrestling fight because Ostovich came out and took her down easily. There was really no punches thrown. Like Paige didn't really land anything big. And Ostovich, I think, up maybe threw one or two punches. Like, she didn't do anything. She was just taking her down. But she was pretty dominant. And then, you know, Paige just found a submission and ended it. But that was a good fight. I think Paige has a lot to work on. She's going to have, you know, it's going to take some time. Um, The other thing that I – oh, Cerrone called out McGregor, by the way, which McGregor responded. And I wouldn't mind seeing that. You know, I think – Cerrone deserves himself a nice payday, and that will be his payday. I mean, Cowboy is a fan favorite. McGregor is a fan favorite and draws pay-per-view buys. I think it would be a big fight, and I would like to see Cerrone fight him. I mean, because they're both strikers. I mean, Cerrone, I think, poses a better ground game than what McGregor does, but they both are more comfortable striking. I think it would be a war, and I think that it would be some really precise boxing, striking, kicking. Um, and I would like it. I think it would be a really good fight. Um, I think McGregor probably would come on top, uh, come out on top in that fight. Um, but I like it. And then what else do we got here? Greg Hardy. <laughs> so Twitter was winning on Saturday. When Greg Hardy got disqualified, Twitter was hilarious. So obviously we all know Greg Hardy is the biggest piece of shit of all time. Dana White is an idiot. So Dana White, like I love the UFC. I love the product you put out. But you are just – first off, how do you give this man a con, a contract when he beat women? Like this guy doesn't deserve anything. There's someone out there who is probably – is I know for a fact more well-rounded in MMA than what Greg Hardy is. And the fact – and you take Greg Hardy and that person that's better than him is probably a nicer person. I would be willing to bet a lot of money that guy is probably a better person. But Dana White gives this guy a shot and he was – I wouldn't say he was getting destroyed but Crowder – you could tell he was exhausted, Hardy was. And Crowder you know, was taking advantage. You know, He was being an MMA fighter, not just a boxer. And so he was hitting him with punches. He was taking him down, trying to throw submissions. And then he just started shit-talking Greg Hardy and absolutely – and that's, this is what makes me believe that the knee was on purpose was Crowder was – like 30 seconds before the illegal knee, Crowder was just absolutely jawing and talking so much shit to Greg Hardy. No one knows what he said but Hardy then as Crowder was getting up – but he was down. Like both knees are down. Both hands are down. Throws an illegal knee on the temple and I'm, he didn't knock him out like – uh, Crowder was still all there and everything, but Mergliata like tackled Hardy and he was pissed. Dan Mergliato, I have never seen him that mad and disgusted in his life. You can easily tell that he hates Greg Hardy even before that fight. And why not? Again, Greg Hardy is a piece of shit. He should not have been in that fight anyway. The only thing that would have made that, that fight worth it is if Alan Crowder would have come out and just absolutely knocked the living hell out of Greg Hardy. Like, come out and, like, 
head kick him and just completely like flatline this guy. That would have been the only thing that was that would have made it better. But as bad as it is and as much as he shouldn't have been on that card, it was kind of nice because he got booed so hard. Like the fans were ruthless and I loved it. Like when he was walking out and like sitting in that cage and the fans were just letting him have it. And so he was – I mean he absolutely was – I don't know how he felt – but if he has any sort of like heart and, and or anything, like that would make me want to crawl in a hole and like not show my face for a really long time because he disgraced MMA. I mean, not only is he a bad person, obviously, with the domestic violence and all that stuff, but then you go out and you tarnish your reputation in MMA with something that's so highly illegal. Like I've never trained MMA a day in my life. I'd never been in an octagon. I've never fought anybody. But I know that that is an illegal knee. And even though yet, like Greg Hardy's probably finding a way to beat this guy, you know that that's an illegal knee. Like you, you like punch him. You knew there's there's no one that trains in MMA that does not know that that's illegal. Everybody knows that's illegal. So that's what kind of leads me to believe like what he did was on purpose. Um. So yeah, I don't know what I don't know what UFC holds for him because Dana White says, oh, it was an accident. Because Dana White, you know, whatever reason, he's sucking off Greg Hardy. Um, but that was that was disgraceful. I mean, really was bad. Um, and then the main event, freaking Henry Cejudo. And screw TJ Dillashaw, another douchebag that I don't like. And a lot of people don't like because all he does is bitch and moan. Um, he got knocked out. All right, so it was, I will say, it was probably an early stoppage. But Dillashaw was not coming back from that. I mean, Cejudo was so much faster, so much stronger, and such a better fighter. Wasn't even close. I mean, Cejudo, holy shit. People forget, Cejudo has not been doing this long. All right, he's an Olympic gold medalist in wrestling, absolute stud wrestler. Came to MMA not long ago. I want to say it was like 13 or 14, 2013 or 14. So we're four or five years in. He is not just now reaching his MMA pride prime. He's always been a world-class wrestler, obviously, hence the the gold medal. But, you know, his boxing now is coming through. He is just absolutely insane. He's so strong. He looks so good. Most likely save that flyweight division. Um, and kudos to him. I mean, he's a good guy. There's no one. There's no better person that could have taken the throne from Demetrius Johnson than, than Cejudo. Because Demetrius Johnson is world class. He's a legend. He's a nice person. Um, so there's no one better to replace him than Henry Cejudo, who to me brings the same the same attitude. You know, he does it for more than just himself. You know, he's an he seems genuine. And TJ Dillashaw did nothing but bitch and complain about the stoppage. He didn't – he says, I didn't lose. Listen, you were getting your freaking head bashed in by Cejudo. You were getting absolutely destroyed. Had that fight gone for 30 more seconds, 40 more seconds, you still would have lost. There was no way he was coming back from that. And how is he going to bitch when the one fight with Garbrandt freaking went – or it seemed like it was stopped a little early. So how is he going to complain? At the end of the day, Cejudo was the better man. He looked 10 times better than what Dillashaw did. He was more prepared, 
And he absolutely dismantled this guy. So I would like to see the fight again because I think the 125 division is watered down. They need to get more guys in there. Um, I would like to see Benavidez and Cejudo. But I think before I see that, I would like to see Cejudo challenge for Dillashaw's belt now at 135. I think that that would be awesome. And I think Cejudo's a scary guy at 135. He looks massive at 125. I mean, he's shredded as hell. Put him at 135, 10 extra pounds. This guy is going to be even stronger. I don't think I don't think his speed is going to go down at all. I mean, this guy is going to be it would be an animal there. So I would love to see him challenge for the 135 belt against Dillashaw. I would like to see that next. And and that fight, you know, ended so quick. I could see that being a fast turnaround. Shit, let that be in three months. I would be so down for that. So overall, freaking hell of a weekend for sports. Um, if you're an MMA fan, it was a great weekend, great first um, day or ep- or what do I want to say? Great first card on ESPN to debut uh, for for UFC on ESPN. Um, for next weekend, no football. We got the Pro Bowl. Um, so who the hell watches that? Because that's the worst All Star game in all of sports. Um, but yeah, it's it was a good week. Hopefully. Some more big signings. Hopefully we know where Harper or Machado are going by this week. I want to be able to freaking talk about that. Um, and then I'll give my I'll give my picks for uh, – well, I don't know because there's no football next week. So we'll see. We'll see what we got to talk about. I'll keep – maybe we'll, we'll do some more segments. So but that's going to be it. That's it for uh, Bringing the Heat podcast. I hope you like the new logo. I try to switch it up a little bit, kind of something new and fresh. I'm going to might start looking for new music. Not really sure yet. But um, thanks for listening. Don't forget to share, um, subscribe, retweet. Hopefully we get more than 17 listens this time. I'm also going to try to set up some interviews so we can talk to some guys and, and keep this thing going. Episode 20 is next. I, like I said, I love doing this. It's a lot of fun. I enjoy it. Um, it's like a good hobby for me. But I want people to listen and start interacting. So please retweet. Anything I retweet, because my tweets on the over the weekend for UFC were pretty fire. I'm not going to lie. Um, but yeah, have a good rest of the night. Hopefully you guys, want, uh, if you listen to this on Tuesday morning, have a great day at work. Have a good week. We will see you again, uh, hopefully Friday. So peace out, everybody.